Support for the following podcast comes from Glue. Glue has created software that helps get your church connected to the needs of your community. Resources on Glue are designed to help you reach people who don't typically go to church, but they are seeking out prayer or have questions about Jesus or they need help. And these needs are being delivered directly to you. Help your church reach and serve more new people each week with Glue. From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. I grew up in a church that didn't have a formalized care ministry, meaning that they didn't have a care pastor, a care coordinator, or even a referral process to connect with someone for support within the church. And yet, my family was cared for. We were a lower income family and there was conflict at the home and my parents eventually divorced and there were some in our family who experienced mental illness. And of course, when I look back with the knowledge I have now, I can see that there were some gaps, sometimes significant, in the care offered. But for the most part, or from my vantage point in those early days, our family was cared for. And I'm saying this as a huge advocate, and I recommend that churches have an intentional strategy in how they offer care that is both scalable and sustainable. But when looking back, I think my small community church really did a great job. I think that it's interesting that while my church didn't send a referral to professional support or they didn't have the capacity to offer substantial benevolence, I still felt cared for and part of a family. Back in episode 59, just last week, I went into detail about how people access care supports. But let me summarize it here for very quickly that people receive care through five different methods. It's self-care, community care, peer care, expert care, and then professional or clinical care. So often we think that care is offered by experts or clinicians only, like mental health professionals or therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists. But actually, only a few people require or access care in that level of support. The most common way to access care is through self-care, community care, and peer care. Here's an example for you. This is a question for parents. When you first had your children, did you primarily seek out the support of professionals like early childhood educators or midwives, or maybe it was clinicians like pediatricians? pediatricians. Well, you might have sought them out, but not on a regular basis, no. It's more likely that you relied on your own instincts or you sought out the advice of your peers. When you think about it, you likely daily relied on these informal supports, whereas you relied on professional supports, maybe monthly or even less. In church, we often think that when people come to us for help, we need to refer them to the specialists, to the professionals, forgetting that the church can offer a tremendous amount of care in the self, community, and peer levels. Connecting people to professional supports is highly recommended where needed. I am a big advocate and a supporter of that. But relegating all care to simply connecting to professionals in your church is missing a huge opportunity. I'm all about building a culture of care rather than programs of care. I believe that care happens anytime your church is intentional about building a safe community for people to belong to, strengthening a person's gifts, identity, and their purpose, and offering hope. 
So in this episode, I want to identify 12 unique ways your church can offer care that is outside of traditional methods that we think of in care ministry. And the first one is with your greeting team. Most churches have greeters at the door welcoming people as they arrive at your church. What if we take greeting to the next level or, or, or really become intentional? When you see someone that is coming into the church alone, rather than just saying hello, actually invite them to say, hey, do you want to sit with me? Or would I, can, I, can I join you? Or can I sit with you today? It's really powerful when you're new to a community or whether you're alone and you attend church. If within the first week or the first month, you meet someone and sat with them. You immediately feel like you're part of something or you belong or you're with a family. You can even take this a step further. So many churches have plan your visit on their website. Now, I don't know how often this is taken advantage of and people actually plan their visit, but if anyone does reach out to you or or someone says, I'm inviting a friend, what if a greeter reached out ahead of time and said, hey, would you like me to save a seat for you? What service are you going to? It would be so nice to be able to have someone you're meeting with, a friendly face, someone to show you around and, and sit with. This is being intentional at creating a safe community for someone to immediately feel like they belong. To me, this is care. The second idea is with your parking team. Having a parking team has become more and more popular. And while the parking teams serve others, this is also a great entry-level volunteer opportunity for those who are new to faith, or perhaps they're still going through the discipleship journey, or they're struggling with mental health, addiction, or hopelessness. I think being part of a team reinforces community, and it helps people develop meaning and being part of something bigger than themselves. You're accountable to other people. People are relying on you. You are useful and part of a team. A parking team also has the opportunity, like I said, it cares for others. A conversation I had with someone a few months ago uh, was really interesting. They identified that walking through the parking lot was one of the biggest stressors for them in attending church. Despite having no visible disability or being able to access a wheelchair parking privileges, they weren't really unsteady on their feet. And so they were nervous about tripping or falling. Plus, when they were younger, they had a traumatic experience with vehicles in a parking lot and walking through the cars made attending church really, really difficult. Now, the parking team isn't your first thought when you think of care ministry, but this is an opportunity to create a safe environment and anticipate people's needs. This can be done by having a valet parking or parking supports, or even maybe a specialized parking location for people, you know, that's saved for people who need to be close to the building, but they may not have that wheelchair sticker. To even go further and make this an outreach opportunity, the parking team could lead a ride shared program or offer shuttle to and from senior buildings or low-income areas for families. Again, this is not traditional care, but this can be such an impactful way to offer care. The third idea is with your cafe team. I will continue to say that Sunday morning teams are not just about making Sunday happen and serving others, but these teams provide a community for the people who attend regularly to belong to and to receive support from. So encourage your teams to get to know one another, build trust within your team so that this is a place for authentic community and connection. 
Many churches have some sort of version of a cafe team. Maybe it's coffee and cookies at the end, or perhaps you have a full-fledged cafe in your building. Either way, I can guarantee that there are people within your church or even your nearby community that are struggling with food insecurities. Rather than just maybe freezing the cookies or, or giving away to volunteers, although that could be good if they're the ones having food security issues, I recommend donating the leftover food from your cafe or creating takeaway boxes for families because this can provide breakfast or school lunches for families who are struggling with food insecurities. This is a real practical option for churches to care outside of maybe a traditional care ministry. Now, the fourth idea is your usher team. With a little investment, you can create spaces that are suited for those with additional needs, then offering simple training for your usher team to welcome people to these inclusive spaces. From my experience, the usher team, they have a couple different uh, responsibilities. They welcome people, they assist in finding a seat, and they provide some sort or some capacity of security. Ushers are trained to watch, assess people's needs, and then meet those needs. These are the same skills needed to assist those with additional needs. Many people struggle in crowds or loud environments, dark rooms, or places with lots of stimulus. If a church has an alternative spot or space for people to participate that is better suited to their additional needs, ushers can use these same assessment skills in offering or welcoming people to use this location. This location could be simply in your foyer. You can just gather some chairs, you know, when church starts so that they're outside of the crowded and noisy room. Or if you have a separate space close by and accessible, that's really great too. Many churches have a nursing mom's room, but what about creating a space for those who with other, maybe less visible needs? Like I said, this could be as simple as setting up a grouping of chairs in the foyer for when church starts. Ushers can welcome people to use these spaces, thereby creating a safe place for people to feel like they belong. Now, the fifth idea is with the tech team. Now, I've had a couple conversations with leaders, different leaders, about what qualifies as branding, culture, and meeting people's expectations when they show up to your church. If you are known for incredible, loud, engaging worship, I can see how it might be hard to change that and adapt to those who are struggling with hearing, because that's what people expect when they come to your church. However, 13% or about 30 million people in the U.S. alone struggle with hearing loss in both ears. But what about offering some simple or alternative solutions? Like in the previous example of having a space with lower stimulus. Or maybe it's even having something simple like including captions on one of the screens. This is a simple modification that cares to the needs of many in your church and community and allows those with hearing loss to participate in the service. This is not really a traditional method of care, but creates an opportunity for those millions of people to be able to be part of a community and participate in your service. Now, the fifth area is prayer requests. Most churches have an opportunity for people to submit prayer requests. Now, this is kind of a core function of the church, but many churches don't see these requests as an opportunity to strengthen belonging, purpose, and hope. They simply exist in a public forum or sent out to the prayer chain. 
You know, I'm all about being intentional and strategic. So I would recommend that you link these prayer requests to your software, like Planning Center or Church Community Builder or, or whatever software you have, and utilize email and text automation to send people follow-up emails. My church uses Text in Church, and we follow up with multiple emails after someone um, sends in a prayer request. In these emails, there are things like encouraging scriptures, and we send supportive texts saying we're praying for you and even ask for feedback like, hey, is there a testimonial or is there any additional supports needed? Now, this is more typical of a care ministry, like prayer requests are more typical of care ministry. But I think this pushes past what most churches currently are doing. And we go further in offering care rather just being a place to receive prayer. The second idea is with your message or your sermon on Sunday. A real simple way to create a safe community and offer hope is talking about struggles from the pulpit and reducing stigma. Things like mental health, addiction, grief, relationship conflicts can be really difficult to talk about on Sunday morning because you are wanting to offer an encouraging message and something that everyone can relate to that is obviously biblically based. But let me challenge you in that everyone can relate to these hard issues and you can talk about this stuff from a biblical perspective and it can be encouraging. For example, I've created a resource called Mental Health Sunday, which is like a plug and play resource for your church to talk about mental health. It has everything that you would need in a downloadable resource form. And let me tell you, it is free. Talking about mental health reduces stigma and it gives people hope and tools they can offer and use for self-care. If you don't know where to start about talking about mental health on a Sunday, I definitely recommend checking out mentalhealthsunday.com and utilizing that free resource. But also just talking about struggle and destigmatizing hard issues from the pulpit really, really uh, creates an environment where people feel safe to go to and that they um, can relate to people at this church. So definitely recommend utilizing um, your message, your Sunday morning message to, to invoke this culture of care. The third idea is team appreciation. When you think of those who need care, we often think of those outside of your church or those who are not maybe part of your core volunteers. But I bet those on your core team are among those who need care. In the busyness of church, we can easily fall into the habit or the trap of only connecting with our volunteers when we need something, when we need them to do something for us. But let me say this, please, please regularly look for opportunities to connect with your volunteers and, and extend opportunities to care for them. And what I mean by care is just connecting, valuing them, having conversation, checking in with how they're doing. Because it can be exhausting to appear like you have it all together because people are relying on you and you need to lead the kids men or you need to lead youth or the or maybe the greeter team or the or the guest services team. But having an opportunity to connect one on one or in a very small group setting can be really refreshing and caring for your volunteer teams. So the ninth tip is discipleship. I am almost positive that every church has something in their mission statement about making disciples. I mean, it was a very clear directive from Jesus that we are to go and make disciples. And I feel that the process of growing with people and walking alongside people is parallel in both care and discipleship. Care happens, like I said, wherever there is belonging, purpose, and hope. 
And discipleship is mentorship, coaching, and essentially walking with people as they grow. Strengthening the person's purpose can look like walking with them as they discover who they are in Christ, uh, identifying spiritual gifts and equip them to walk these out. Mentorship happens through discipleship, and I think this is very parallel to care. So when you look at discipleship opportunities in your church, see how this is not only just building disciples, not just, of course, that's a, that's a main thing, but you are also offering care and building in people's purpose, identity, and offering hope. The 10th area that is, I think, caring for people, but maybe not traditionally looked at at all is your website. Oh my gosh, is okay, you need to listen to this because I have walked through hundreds of churches website. And there have maybe been a dozen churches that have a clear process on how people can receive care on their website. Now I'm not talking about building any more areas of care. Like this is we're this list is all about just looking at how to use what you already have. So when you look at your website, I want you to look at how you are communicating about your current care opportunities and how is it accessible to your people. Most often I'm finding that care and prayer requests and seeking support is buried in some sort of second, third or fourth sub menu. It's hidden in a members only page or it's really randomly abstractly described and when people or not even people, when I have clicked on it to find out how people access care, the link is broken or it leads you back to your info page. And when you try to send an email, it goes to info at and it doesn't get answered. I know this because I have tried on many of your websites. But if we want the church to be known for its love and known for its care for the community, then we need to make care accessible for people to access. So please, everyone who's listening, go on your church's website right now and say, okay, if I was a random person in the community and I wanted to know how I can access care, how would I do it through this website? I think that will show you a lot and give you a lot of ideas on how this can be improved. Okay, I'll get off that soapbox, I promise. But let me tell you, oh, it's a pet peeve of mine. All right, back to it. We are almost done with number 11, partnering with organizations. The church, while we want to meet everyone's need, we just can't. There are too many needs out there. But you can dramatically expand your impact without starting anything new by partnering with community organizations. Now, I say this because I've created a free resource called Three Steps to Building a Sustainable Care Ministry. Uh, you can find it in the show notes and I'll link it um, in here. Uh, the first step I talk about, though, is building community partnerships. In this downloadable guide, I offer way more details than I can say here on this podcast about how to build partnerships in your community. And there's a template that you can download that identifies different type of resources and all of those things. And you can access that in the show notes and and, in the link that I'll just post right below. But when you partner with community organizations, you immediately multiply your ability to care for people. You don't have to start anything new. You don't have to utilize volunteers and money and funds and budget. You just connect and partner and collaborate with what's already going on in your community and you will dramatically increase your ability to care for others. All right. So our final tip of expanding care without developing a care ministry or outside of those traditional care ministries is training your current teams. 
Sorry, not sorry for repeating the value of seeing your teams as like mini care networks, but I think this is a missed opportunity. Your teams are almost like a small group within themselves because they gather regularly together, whether it's, you know, around the usher team or or the kids men or the youth or whatever it is. These teams gather regularly. They share life experiences together and they collaborate and work together for a goal. So I think by offering training for your already existing teams on how to care for one another, you are shifting from programs of care to having a culture of care. Rather than people looking only to the pastor as the only caregiver available, they begin to care for each other. And this is so, so powerful because you really shift to a culture of care when this happens. Now, there are a number of trainings that exist and two that I have used in my church. One is called Spiritual First Aid and one is one that I developed with Hope Me Strong and it's called the Caregiver Toolbox. You don't always have to start new initiatives to increase care but you can equip your current volunteer teams with new knowledge and skills, and you will see that they will begin to care for one another. Of course, I want churches to be intentional about care as they are with small groups and other church ministries. I would love if every church was able to have a very intentional and strategic care ministry. But I understand that right now, some churches just don't have the capacity and the resources to do that. So I hope that these 12 ideas spark some ideas and some creativity and how you can build or begin to build a culture of care right now with the resources and the teams that you have, rather than feeling the pressure to build a care ministry. We can do that later, but I am sure within this list of 12 ideas, there is something that you can start right away. I really appreciate you listening, and I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you found it helpful, would you be able to share this with others? I am passionate and would love to see every church equipped to offer care for its community, and I could use your help in sharing these tools and resources with other churches. Thanks so much, and take care.